we have a lot to discuss. There's a, a couple uh, things have come up. Yeah. Uh, I saw Megan. You were talking about seeing it. I did not. I am seeing it later today. I, it was originally okay. going to be yesterday, but then I got that invite to that party yesterday. And so I was like, okay, I guess Megan will be put off for one more day. Interestingly enough, I I was thinking and equating that movie with this movie and that there are <laughs> hmm. interesting things in that. Like it is thought of a remake. It never yeah. really hits its full potential. There's a lot of dumb stuff, but Megan, the highs are so good in that movie. This movie, I don't know if there really are any real highs. There's one. I think there's like, one. I think there's one high in this one, I'll say. There's some solid parts about the bones of it. It's yeah. just, it, um, it's, I think too many cooks is probably oh, the, <laughs> absolutely. the determining factor of it. But um, is there anything, what what else do we want to talk about before? Evil Dead. I mean, you made a special oh, note yeah, about it right. and everything, too. That's yeah. right. We, so, as recording. This is our perfect luff. Yes. It is, it is Murphy's Law, totally 1,000%. <laughs> Basically, as soon as we record something, something else happens. That like It would be like, oh, that would have been really good. It's super relevant about what we podcast. just talked about. Yes, exactly. Right. So, I mean, I didn't pick Evil Dead with the with like the idea of like, oh, you know what? Evil Dead Rise is coming out soon and the trailers might be dropping. I truly just picked it because I wanted to talk about Evil Dead. And then literally it was like three days later, this Evil Dead Rise trailer comes out and like fucking After blows recorded, everybody's yeah. away. Blows everybody away. And there's a huge influx of like love for the remake of Evil Dead that I've been seeing online. Everyone's like, "Hey, they nailed it last time," you know. Hey, actually, Astros Evil Dead is pretty good too. Hey, actually, this franchise has never had a miss in terms of its movies. Like, holy shit! Uh, yeah, I, I I suppose that's true. I I'm a little hesitant with just like the how different it is from like yeah. everything we've seen before. It being in like a apartment building. It being more like a parental yes figure it's definitely adding something new to it but it's keeping that madcap energy just in the the style of the trailer you know what i mean and the intensity of the violence like i talked about it last week but like sam raimi that cheese grater though yeah exactly see like in his day sam raimi would have loved to do something like the cheese grater back in the 80s if he had thought of it he would have put something like that in there you know it's I don't even know if it's like especially something like he thought of. It's like could he pull it off yes. with everything that is available to him? Right, but it's just this idea of like he in in his day he really wanted to shock people and get a rise, no pun intended, push boundaries out of the yeah. audience. And the trailer is already doing that. The fact that people are like being like, "Oh, that fucking cheese grater thing," or the thing with the glass like coming out of her skin and shit. You know? Ooh, yeah. Yeah, it's gnarly. Just already the, the trailer was shocking people, which to me is a great sign. I I was, uh, like, cringing with the, mm-hmm. the cheese grater part. And I know that is going to be one where I'm going to be watching it, like, through my yeah. fingers. The only thing that, Just you know... having to cover my face. Yeah. Well, it does give me pause having kids in the movie. Um, You know, kids are always yeah. a gamble. As as we know from, true. from this week's movie, <laughs> kids are quite the gamble. Uh, and Ooh. could be a hindrance on we everything. Might have, we might have some very different opinions on on that. Um, well, yeah, it's a mix. Well, well, I'm going to bleep you because I haven't. Oh yes, I'm sorry. Yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, I also did want to mention, just to not be so depressing, but the whole 
Idaho thing and our funny games conversation was very on point with like the whole why not Ubermensch. Yeah. People who think they're going to get away with like doing horrific things. Mm-hmm. And it is a very interesting thing of, you know, uh, art imitating life, but life imitating art. And that it is, it was kind of like a Leopold and Loeb. I mean, uh, like, it, like I mentioned, motive. like I mentioned in, in that episode, like it is just like, a, it's an archetype of real people. Like you see yeah. it again and again. There's like a lot of other examples that we even brought up, like, you know, um, they, they, these guys enable each other and they push, they like allow each other to push their, themselves further and further because they're both warped in some way. It, yeah, fucking weird. Right. And that's another case of just the Murphy's Law thing. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm going to go to criminal justice for six years and then still like fuck up like on so many things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the other, I guess we can say this for like maybe non-horror watches, but we both saw Babylon <laughs> and have differing yes, takes on that. Yeah, very differing opinions. I I thought about it a lot more. I honestly, I gave it four and a half. Mm-hmm. If if they cut twenty five minutes out of it, I would be like straight fucking masterpiece. Murph, I think I think it would be five stars if you literally cut it in half. If you literally just end it halfway through its runtime. It would be a five-star movie. There was a couple points where, like, because I read your review before, and I was yeah. like, I wonder if this could, this could, like, function as an end. But I I enjoyed the highs and lows of it. And yeah. I was understanding the tonal differences that you're getting from it, the madcap party to the to the ending. But that, I think, is intentional. Oh, yeah. I know. It's supposed I, to be. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 it's definitely intentional. I just think it does not work in the slightest. It, yeah. It's like an experiment almost like semi-experimental. Like, hey, how insane can we get? And then how grounded can we then bring, you know, bring everything mm. around to? And it, you can't do it. Like, for me, in my opinion, our Chazelle can't do it. I feel like there are people out there that have accomplished something like this. I mean, Boogie Nights, right? That's a big comparison this movie keeps yeah, getting. Yeah, that is has that... been the comparison. And Boogie Nights does have some outrageous moments in it, and then some extremely brutal, like, yeah. you know, down-to-earth, like, stuff. And then, But that one pulls it all together by the end, I, it, obviously. Um, right. I as, as you were saying, I think you could cut the snake scene, well, no, like, so completely. I don't think you cut the snake scene. I think you literally make that the end. I think that's literally mm-hmm. the end of the movie, and uh, well, maybe maybe bleep this or something. But for a moment, I literally did think that all the main characters were gonna die in that scene, and I kind of if, if it, it had just ended, it would have been it would have been perfect mm-hmm. because it's like no because I... because at that moment they're right on the cusp of a new era, right? They're still going back to their like, insane silent film ways. And that they all die, like, right before the new era. You know what I mean? This is a lot of spoilers. But, like... Maybe. I don't know. I... I don't know if it would have been a great ending, but I think it would have been far superior to what happened afterwards. No, I think you cut that. The only thing you'd be missing... I think the only thing you'd be missing was Toby Toby Maguire, you know? Right. And I thought that was fantastic. I really did love that. He himself was really good, yeah. I, I think you cut the highfalutin party where absolutely the, the vomit thing. I was oh, like, this man. is this is not necessary. Yeah, that was like, the you first. Could do, you could do it in a way, but mm-hmm. like the way that he chose to do it, I was 
I was not into it. That was the first scene where I was like, oh, this is kind of taking a dive. Like, oh, no. You know, and then it just every and then every scene after that just cemented me hating it more and more. Those two scenes and then just like a a, like slight trimming on a few other things. But I really did love Margot Robbie in it. I thought Brad Pitt was phenomenal. He so uh, Robbie and started out fantastic. And then the highfalutin scene comes around. And that, that was a rough one. Any scene where you have the dramatic take on the score, I'm like, you have not mm. earned this dramatic mm. moment. Interesting. You know what I mean? That's any time that dramatic score kicked in, I'm like, this is the corniest shit in the world. And the fact that you're <laughs> trying to get us to be all sentimental and like, you know, weepy over these characters while Muggle Robbie's hair is like a rat's nest and her like makeup, you know what I mean? Like, it's like you don't know how to handle this or you think you know how to handle this but you're you're not pulling it off you know sure sure i i don't know i i really loved a lot of the the characters exits you could say like i thought margot's character's exit was phenomenal i i knew what was going to happen with brad pitt like as soon as he's walking up the stairs but i just oh yeah yeah i don't know i i really enjoyed it i love that movies are magic and like it's a pain to make them the whole um first sound stage scene like that is yeah that's like what making a movie is like that was a lot of stop start stop start i love that that was awesome i thought that um i always forget the actor's name but he's been in a lot of stuff uh the The guy playing the assistant director director. he was great he was really good our audience i love jeff garland he Love was all Jeff right. Garland was in it. Yeah, he's all right. He, I mean, in the movie, he's he was all right. Um, right, right. I, I just love him in general, and I thought yeah. it, it's a very small role, but like it was just a very well done um, casting. <laughs> I would just say, and this is not like this is not me trying to make a grand point. It's just something I noticed, but I saw it with like a decent sized crowd, and the first chunk of the movie, everyone is laughing, everyone is having great mm-hmm. reactions to everything. Everything's hitting. People are having a really good time. The highfalutin scene, nobody laughed once. <laughs> and the entire rest of the movie, basically just dead silence from the audience. Ooh, just like, yeah. I I don't want to, sp- obviously I can't speak for anyone else in that room. I just got the vibe that all of us at a certain point, like just felt over it. You know what I mean? And then when when the when the credits came up, just immediate everyone gets up, shuffles out, and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I think we were all so ready to get the fuck out of there. Uh, we'll get to the podcast right now, but yeah. I want to say the last thing will be um, about twenty minutes into it. So they're still at the part. We haven't even had the titles right. come up yet. I like I like a light two title people, card. Two people walked out about twenty minutes. <laughs> In. And it was, it looked like an older couple. And I was just that like, makes sense. I, was, I nudged Brittany. I was like, they're leaving. They're leaving. I was, I mean, I was happy when it went during that first chunk, like to see, I'm like, oh, I don't expect this of Chazelle. Chazelle to me seems, I mean, I know Whiplash is pretty intense at times, um, obviously, and has like J.K. Simmons exploding all over the screen constantly, and it's great. But like, I just did not expect that level of like, brashness from chazelle for some of the stuff you see in the first part you know right someone peeing on someone else yeah i mean like piss and shit and then i mean fake come but come (laughs) yeah Yeah. um (laughs) and okay last last bit and we're we're gonna move on we're gonna have to title this like 
you know oh yeah where was he in the rest of the movie he should have been around so much more his scene was I great loved, i love seeing yeah him. he's always he's always fun to watch all right i think we've gotten to enough to this podcast we can finally start talking about the movie <laughs> even though we don't want to uh, oh i want to talk about this this is the weekly podcast massacre i am your host for today my name is michael from rainy portland everyone calls me murphy i have a lovely co-host with me Hi, I'm Greg from Los Angeles. It was rainy here last week. It's cleared up now, finally. Then, mm. uh, paradise. Uh, did you not feel like Babylon? You're like, oh, I'm in the city. Everything's magical. Okay, no, we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> they straight um, up. They straight up do. They there's a there's a, a big part near the end, um, where they they shot it. I mean, it's a very famous street in L.A. Not very famous, but it gets a pretty common street in L.A. But they also shot a scene of seed a seed of Chucky from there. So I was like, "Oh, that's the okay. that's the sheet of, the seat of Chucky location." It's also a street that was on my walking route and my, from and when I lived in my old apartment, I would walk down that street like five times a week because of the pandemic. It's right by Hollywood Forever Cemetery, one of my favorite spots in L.A. And so I, I did at a, at a certain point be like, "Hey, there's there's that street. I I've walked there so many times, and it was all cool to see it dressed up for the time period." That was fun. That was kind of heartwarming. So, you know, yeah, I did feel that a tiny bit. We're going to have to call this, like, mm-hmm. this movie Slash Babylon for the title. Slash <laughs> Babylon, yeah. yeah. Uh, but we are going to be talking about a remake of a movie that we've already watched because we are in New Year, New Look. Uh, we're going to be talking about 2007's The Invasion. <sighs> Lots, a lot to get into about this because it was directed by... Oliver Hirschbiegel, and written by David Kajinik, and then the studio was not very happy. So they brought in some big hitters, um, the Wachowskis, who I, man, this is interesting, because this is after The Matrix, yeah. obviously, Revolutions, or Reloaded and Revolutions, and just after how Revolutions ended to... To have the studio be like, you know who we should call to fix this movie? I I think they were doing a lot of this around this period, though. I mean, they were kind of like being brought in to fix a couple projects. Like, there's the rumors they ghost, they basically ghost directed uh, Viva Vendetta after that wasn't kind of going the way that they wanted, right? Um, this is produced by Joel Silver, who is like their guy. He's okay. the one that kind yeah. of like fought for them to get the matrix and then fought for them to get bound when they weren't when studios weren't sure about the matrix um i think they also started as like script doctors essentially um i believe so there's like yes. some stallone movie that they wrote like back in the mid 90s right um I, I i guess it is it makes sense yeah you know sci-fi horror elements but uh just after you know after revolutions i'm i am kind of surprised they were like that's who we should call. I mean, probably still made also... money enough money though that you know you would still keep oh, them I'm around. Sure. Yeah. And Joel, like I said, Joel Silver is their guy. Like they have talked about how like Joel Silver is so protective of them, and like mm. just really fought for them to like get work and get what they wanted done. So okay, I can just imagine like even if studios are are like indifferent to the re- you know reception of the Matrix sequels. Joel Silver is still going to be like he's still a high enough figure in the industry to be like I'm using these two, you know. Like, it's I'm, still made enough money. We yeah. should give these people 
Yeah, their dues. Yeah. Uh, and then there were the reshoots that happened were directed by James McTeague. McTeer? Not sure how to say that, but um, none of them really get any credit. Right. None of it's in the in the titles or anything. Um, very interesting. I mean, uh, we know you this can, happens. Yeah, I mean, you, can, you can tell. You can tell. You can tell. It's one of those movies where it's obvious. It's just like barely stitched together into a working product. Um, mm-hmm. Really weird cast in this movie, and uh, some I, of it works. Some of I it think works. Some of it's pretty bad Mm -hmm. uh so we have nicole kidman as dr carol bennell um and a lot of these are the names that were in the 78 version that we watched i think there are some that are in the original 53 that one i i can't tell you i've only seen that one once and it was a while back yeah i you know and it's based off a book so there i'm not sure if the names are in there but they were in the 78 we have dr or uh, daniel craig as dr ben driscoll Jeffrey Wright, one of my main mans, as Dr. Stephen Galino. Veronica Cartwright, reappearing from the 78 version oh, as, yeah. do- uh, as Wendy Leak. We have Jer- uh, Jeremy Northam as Tucker Kaufman, Nicole Kidman's ex-husband. And then Jackson Bond as Oliver. Yeah. Uh, and you did not like this kid? He he was fine. He was okay. The other one I'm kind of talking about is, uh, we should shout him out. Oh, the Asian? Look, despite me not liking him, he also is one of the highlights of the movie. But Eric Benjamin is Gene, uh, <laughs> Oliver's kid friend. on One of the best parts of the movie, even if he is a rough actor. Um, when he trans- when they have him transform dude, and then talking to Kidman is very we, funny. I'm going to talk I'm going to talk a lot about that when we kind of get around to it, but like um I also just wanted to say too just like it's this period of uh remakes in in the mid 2000s they remade so many classic sci-fi movies i mean they did the other uh the day the the day the earth stood still that's the one that just popped into my mind as well yeah with keanu with keanu and john ham uh they did a remake of the stepford wives right they did um not exactly sci-fi but i'm kind of sci-fi but the manchurian candidate was a couple years before this um there was a remake there was like a re done the island right around this time i want to say oh, the michael bay one yes um i feel like there's uh war of the worlds is the big spielberg one that maybe kicked all that oh, off yeah. but like there there's a just there was something hot around this time of hey we were revisiting these like classic sci-fi moral parables that these movies all kind of were you know what i mean um that may, had already been remade several times in some cases. This is like the mid two thousands. Like, let's just like throw our massive budgets and CGI at these things, right? Uh, with today's right. stars, it's yeah. It's like something with a message. Yes, and then exactly. We're going to muddy the waters as much as possible to make sure that the message doesn't necessarily come across. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what, that, what the fuck this one is really trying to say. Uh, you kind of get it a little bit, but it's like nowhere near as charged as any of the other body snatcher movies. Right, and it, it it really is all that scene at the diplomat's house with the Russian ambassador yeah. talking to Nicole Kidman. Like, that's the whole movie. And that's all like, they had the, in the terms of message. Of it. That's all they had. And then, yeah. at the very end of the movie, they just replay, <laughs> replay that the audio. guy saying something yeah. over Nicole Kidman being worried. Like, there, are, very, there are a couple other things they sprinkle in, like other news reports that come up and things like that. Um that press conference they have like near the beginning 
is shockingly like relevant to today but in not a good way uh not not the press conference the the cdc talking to that's like, it yes the 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 vaccine manufacturers right that's what it is because she's like the it's, it's like a press like, conference right I, i'd say I no i think it's i think it's the the manufacturers of vaccines and they're mm. meeting the cdc and they're because she's saying like you know how did you do this so fast like i would like some more fact sheets and tucker i want to say tucker carlson tucker i know Kaufman, i i thought you were gonna say it for a second too yeah uh tucker coppin's like well we can leave you out of this round of contracts if you'd like us to do this later on i see i but see it's kind of insinuating like you're going to lose money if you do this but the biggest takeaway is the grossest thing almost of all time <laughs> that's so disgusting that yeah yeah where because you even see them like in the background before and they're like kind of bobbing up and down and then the end of the scene you see all the waiters just vomiting in to the coffee pots got fucking weird after you've already seen like they they kind of do focus on them pouring the coffee for everybody and i thought that was just like right. a weird little like detail but yeah they then they did kind of retroactively just throw it up this movie does fuck around with like editing and time in a lot of ways which is sort Maybe of interesting the highlight of the movie is mm-hmm. the editing and especially when they're in nicole kidman's office and they're like she's like i need to get to baltimore and Daniel Craig's like reassuring her, and as they're doing that, they're cutting he's to like, them in the police car. He's like, "Okay, we're gonna like bust through this barrier," and then you cut to them they doing get through it. the barrier. Like, yeah, yeah. So and then you like cut back to them. Like, what's the going to happen? I kind of like that. It, really good. I really think it is probably though just them trying to fix the movie, and they're like, "Well, how the fuck do we like speed this up? We have to because this is a yeah. short movie. This is an hour and thirty nine. This is in and out yeah. basically." And it flies by. It doesn't really sit still for a second, you know. Um, Maybe the middle it drags just a little bit, teeny, teeny bit. But but I think it's just it's, like it's action, a whirlwind. Action. Yeah, like right. So I, I I have a feeling they were just like, we have to get through this stuff. We have way too much of them standing around talking about what they're going to do next. Let's just like get to it, you know. Um, well, and it even starts in media res with yeah. Nicole Kidman like panicking. So it's it's already trying to give us like. A shot of adrenaline. Right. Hey. Pun good intended. One. Good one. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and so, like, you know, the idea is we already covered the 78 one. It is pretty much the same minus pods. There's no pod people right. in this movie. And it is sorely lacking. I do like the vomit thing. And it maybe does... Uh, well, that's hmm. more... Um, like infecting and not right. necessarily the transformation. I think that's the that's it because the transformation's weird because why do they need to grow gunk on them? Like why is that part of it? Um Jeffrey Wright says that at some point it's like night sweats but it it like solidifies. Yeah. yeah, you don't really need to know. I mean it's the same idea of like why do they need a pod? It's just like a Well, cuz that's like where the a, separate body grows from. Like that to me right. may- it's weird because when I remember when I watched the original, the pod thing just kind of confused the shit out of me. And in the original, that is the one where it's like the least explained how this all works. And I remember it being pretty confusing of like, well, you just like sleep near a pod and then it just kind of happens. And there's like little like psychically transform yeah, and you psychically yeah, transform into it. The 70s one explained it a little further with the pod like grabbing onto you and then like sucking the life out of you. Um, 
the 90s one takes that idea and it makes it even grosser somehow. I need to watch the 90s one. Oh, it's good, man. I really do. I I was going to come in. I had a slight idea to come into this, like, complaining that we should have watched that one because it's actually good and, like, is pretty fascinating and kind of ignored. Um, uh, it's just called Body Snatchers. Body right? Snatchers, and it's directed by Abel Ferrara, who is like a really fascinating okay. director. If people haven't like checked out his work, uh, he did like Bad Lieutenant and uh, King of New York. That's right. Um, yeah. He's played around in a lot of different genres and like is a pretty interesting guy himself. But um, his ninety, so his nineties one, like it's set in a military base. The main character is a teenager. And so just based on those two facts, it really stands out from the rest and is doing its own unique thing. Okay. With some interesting callbacks to, like, um, the 70s one and some ideas from that one. But it, it really is, like, that one to me uh, is how you do a remake. Kind of like the Evil Dead one, where you take the bones of it, but you bring your own ideas, your own, like, spin on everything, you know, and you shake it up. I mean, the 78 version... Is is that kind to Absolutely, me? Absolutely, like, yeah. The original's like Middle America, right? And then so it's kind of interesting that like it's 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 California still, like the seventies, oh, okay. but it's like rural California. Okay, it's like and uh, then seventies eight is San Francisco, yes. specifically. And then um and then the body snatcher thing is is Middle America military base, and okay. then this and one is this New York one, or Washington D.C. Right? No, this one is Washington D.C. in yeah. W's. DC. Exactly. Yes. And I think you could do you could have done so much more with this setting. Um they kind of get to it with like her husband and his job, but it's like right. They don't do nearly enough, you know what I mean? They could. Um and as, as we're talking about the husband, the ex-husband real quick, I thought this was one of the worst performances mm-hmm. in the movie. Like he's not he's not bad. But I kept imagining it would be so much better if Edward Norton was in this movie. Oh, yeah. He'd be fantastic. Um, I even wrote down, like, what he was doing around this time. So, oh, five. Okay, so part of it is also, we'll take one oh, giant no. step back to talk about I know this. what he's doing at this time. Um, so, this movie starts production, and Daniel Craig gets the call for James Bond. Yes. As he's working on this movie. He goes and does a press release. He comes back. He goes and shoots James Bond. They do reshoots of this movie. Casino Royale comes out before this movie. So it's very interesting of like, there's there's a lot of like time uh, between like when it started and when it finally fit. Because I mean, there must have been extensive reshoots. Oh yeah. But the Edward Norton... What he's been working on about from 05 to 08 is Kingdom of Heaven, which is a small role, which I've never seen, but something I really want to. He's like the mask guy, right? I no idea. I believe. Is that okay. Kingdom of Heaven? It's, that's not um, Ridley Scott, Ridley is Scott. It? Yeah. Um, the, what's the, like, Christian and Muslim war? Crusade. Right. It's like the yes. Crusades one, That's right? yeah. That's the one I, I hear you absolutely have to watch the director's cut, because the other one that's is... That's what like, I've heard as well. Yeah. Uh, but what from what I understand is he is, like, I believe what, the bad guy in it, and he wears, like, a metal mask the whole time. You never see his face. Uh, he's He also did, in 06, The Illusionist and Painted mm. Veil, which are both really good. And then uh, in 08, he did The Incredible Hulk. That's the one I was wait- I was waiting for that to come up. Yep, yeah. you get sucked into the Marvel machine right after this point. Yeah, right. 
Um, um, and probably a I lot of... I think he could like, have done a better job, though. Yeah, probably a lot of... That That, that probably ate up a lot of time, <laughs> I imagine, so... But sure. he would have been he would have been great. Uh, how, but what do we think of Craig in this movie? Uh, well, I'm glad he's not trying to do an American accent. Oh That's, yeah, I am so happy of that that they just let him be British or whatever. He's not trying to do whatever the fuck Nicole Kidman is doing in parts of this movie. I yeah. feel like that's a reshoot thing. Is when she starts, she has like a Benoit Blanc accent when she's like a therapist <laughs> in the beginning. You know, like it's kind of insane. There are times where I'm like, why is she going so southern right here? It's and odd. then it, and then like, she drops it completely later on. Right. I'm thinking of like all the scenes where she's talking to Oliver and they're they're doing that little game that they play like pickles yeah. or nuts and they like just keep naming aspects of something. Right. The most obvious like setup for like a human test later. Yeah. Right. Which to me like I don't know. The, some of the logic in this doesn't track cuz it's like would that if the pod Oliver would have all the same memories, he would be able to remember the game. And probably figure out yes. how to do it, so it doesn't make sense, really. Well, but I guess I the idea is having was... a sense of humor, right? So they wouldn't have a sense of humor, so they wouldn't play into it, maybe. Right. It, it was. It's Nicole informing him that I'm still the same, mm-hmm. and like it has nothing to do with Oliver's game, but That's she's true. just saying I'm still here. Yeah. Um, another thing I really wanted to talk about was the CG of this movie. I actually thought the opening space shuttle crash was not bad not terrible um <laughs> this was a year after the superman returns space shuttle craft yeah. so that was just like in the zeitgeist but pretty much from there on it gets really horrible that was the first instance to me too of like and this is the literally the first five seconds of the movie like i guess after the intermediate res opening so you have like her right. in the pharmacy and then it cuts back Try to not the to fall asleep. yes and then we yeah. have the shortest tile card i've ever seen in a movie like, it comes up the invasion, and then two seconds later, a rocket is blasting through it, and it's gone. And I'm like, whoa, okay, I guess we're just starting now. Like, I don't get any time to, like, take in the title or think about whatever. It's just, nope, we're right into it. Gotta and, keep moving. <laughs> um, this opening, too, with the rocket crashing to me is so funny. Uh, just the way that, like, you have, there's debris over the ground, it's cutting around, and it's like, it's dangerous, and we're trying to keep people from touching, you know, blah, blah, blah. I... I loved it. It it seemed to me like you, you were actually just pulling random yeah. news footage I, I, and I, then, like making it. I didn't mind the like, news Like I don't stuff. know if those are real. Those could be actors, but it felt like it could also just be real people they're pulling from newscasts. The the way the news was handled was one of the better parts because I feel like that is where you kind of get a little bit of social commentary that these body snatcher right. movies are like so conducive to. Uh, but the, the funny no nobody dead in kabul today like exactly keep doing that type of thing the, the funny part though is like the sheriff being like we're trying to keep we can't have people touch them they could be contaminated cut to a woman being like yeah we all showed up and touched them just it. like it's so funny it's like it's it's maybe <laughs> offensive to middle america just like you fucking hicks coming in and like yeah you know yeah well, we, we found this rocket chunk and we put it in our mouths and swapped it around it's like there's this... making them seem so stupid <laughs> I thought it was a jawbreaker at first, and that's yeah. my jaw's still there. Um, <laughs> this, this little girl, like, hands Tucker a piece of debris that fell on her roof, and he just automatically cuts his finger on it. And I love that he just drops it and is like, I'm going, bye. Yeah, see ya. Yeah. Like, we we learn that he's infected. Um, his wife, or I guess girlfriend, is Malin Ackerman. 
She's like oh, uncredited. Yeah. It said, um, but That's um, right. Silk Spectre two from Watchmen. Yeah, she, I believe she was in Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Um, you know, she's done other things, but I I noticed her right away. And so the idea is Tucker is a like person high up in the CDC. He gets infected. Nicole Kidman's a psychiatrist who, in the new world, she would be out of the job, right? Oh, None totally. Of, pod people would never go to a psychiatrist. Um, There's no need. And yeah. then, yeah, Daniel Craig is like her best friend that they're not sleeping with each other. No, I, think they, really, I think they have fucked they, at this point. They, I think they, they have. have fucked. Yeah. Because they talk about like a trip they've gone on. But when they go to dinner later and he tries to kiss her, she's like, no, I need you to be my best friend. Right. Um, and it's just, which... It, I'm like, why aren't they fucking? And they, I yeah. want to point out that it's probably because of Daniel Craig's haircut. <laughs> it's it a weird. really bad haircut. Yeah. But so wait, did you give it an actual? Because I think he's pretty good in this. I think he like is probably he's the best performance think, for me by far. I I think so as well. Yeah. I mean, I don't he's think a good actor. Yeah. I don't think Kidman um, is terrible. I think her accent work is fucking weird as, as, and kind of crazy, but. I don't think she's bad. I think she's a fine enough lead. I think she's always compelling. Especially, I think Craig really uh, excels at at the end when he is transformed. And it was funny to me that both of them have really played like kind of unemotional robots before. Yeah. Like he, Bond is pretty much like that. And then was it like a year later she does Stepford Wives? Mm -hmm. Or it's like right around there. So... It is interesting, but she doesn't ever really... Well, she does get to play the unemotional because she's pretending to be infected or right. transformed. That's so. true. And um, there's a pretty wild scene. It's right about here because we're like we're introducing her really for the first time uh, after that cold open. I, I don't even know why I'm bringing it, but there's this like a weird cheesecakey moment where she's like walking through her apartment in like her pajamas uh, see through white pajama tops and bottoms. It is a wild choice for her. I'm like, whoa, why are we being introduced to her this way? It's I mean, kind I can of see ins- your nipples. It's kind of insane. Yeah. I don't know why anyone <laughs> commenting on this, except that it really just stood out to me as odd. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that is one of my notes, is <laughs> those pajamas. Of course it um, is. I figured it would be. One of, one of the other things is, so it's Halloween, Mm-hmm. And Oliver is going as Superman, but did you notice he also has like a red mask? Yes, that he has on the top of his head. That that just is like the problem with this movie is like people who don't fucking know anything about these these properties. This that is a but this with. is a Warner Brothers movie. You know the studio that owns the Ugh. rights to all of like the DC stuff. Um. There's product placement all over too. It's also like they the Mountain Dew, Pepsi. Yeah. No, the and then the egregious shots of the PSPs and like Oliver and Gene oh, yeah, right. Ratchet and Clank. That's right. And then later on, like when she's like, I'm getting Oliver's things, another close up of her grabbing a PSP. PSP. <laughs> oh, it was the time, God. you know? It really was, man. Uh, uh, they had no shame so- about it. The the idea of it is Tucker is being is already been transformed. He's the head of the CDC. They're going to start putting, or they're claiming that there is a bad flu going about. That's why everyone's acting weird. But that is also the reason. Hey, you should go get a vaccine shot. 
problem is the head of the CDC is actually an alien yeah. transformed and is infecting everybody who gets a shot. This is is this where Jenny McCarthy got all of her ideas? I mean, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. I can just picture her and Jim Carrey in the theater watching this together being like gripped with like terror. Like taking notes as they're uh-huh. doing it. Yeah. I, um, uh, this, this is the thing, man. 2007's The Invasion was anti-vax before it was cool. You know? <laughs> Way before, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We also see, well, we have the, 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 what do you call it? Trick-or-treating. Yeah. And we get to see the dog attack the little kid who, it's interesting. I was thinking about, like, as he's sitting later on doing the pod, he's not a pod person, but as, you know, an alien, he's like, very careful with how he's positioning his candy. He almost seems autistic. Right. In in a manner, but it like it's like, well, obviously he was uh different before. Um the dog tries to attack him, but you know, he actually hurts the dog instead of anything. But they also find the weird uh skin thing, which will come back time and time again. Um I don't know why they needed to do this as CG. No, I it, it must not have been cheaper at that point to do like a practical effect. I don't know. I'm really bizarre about that because we've also no seen idea. it on Tucker, yeah. mm-hmm. like in well, like you know when he falls asleep that we get that weird. There's also a lot of it's rough because it's like inside of all of us, like you know the the blood cells and the white. So, like all that stuff that is, stuff is so it's corny. not horrible it, but it's corny it's like it feels overdone it is very corny yeah it is um something about it is just like it, it kind of just anytime they cut inside of anybody i'm just like i don't know this feels like filler almost to like supplement sure. the fact that this movie's not really working or like not we need getting to, the impact across <laughs> or something we need to make this movie five minutes longer yeah. let's just do like little bits of cg um before the dog attack and the trick-or-treating stuff there is the monologue from veronica cartwright about another dog attack uh she's really good i mean she's always great i love veronica cartwright obviously veteran of like uh the 78 body snatchers like you said but also i was yeah uh britney watched it with me yesterday and i was like she was in the original and you've also seen her in another movie that we watched over halloween alien alien she's like oh also in The Birds, uh, she's the young oh, girl great. in The Birds, which she's great in that. Um, and also, uh, what is the George Miller, Jack Nicholson movie? The Witches of Eastwick. She's really fucking fantastic in that, too. I forgot she's in that, yeah. Yeah, she's good. I mean, like, she's weirdly almost unrecognizable in all of her fucking roles. <laughs> like, uh, she's like a kind of a chameleon. But I really like her, and her monologue in this is one of the most, like, chilling parts of it. Still kind of funny in a weird way, because she is, like, my husband, like, uh, or she's, like, talking about how her husband, you know, she's like, I blew up at him, I was throwing things at him, and there was no reaction. I threw a glass at his head, and he didn't react. And, and, uh, Nicole Kidman's like, so is it a volatile relationship? Is he, like, normally, like, violent with you? And she's like, yeah, all the time. I'm like, whoa, what the, like, jeez. And she's like, but he's not now. It's just funny that, like, she's panicked because he's not beating her. It's like, and so he's, it can't be him. Um, but then she talks about how but he killed have... the dog. Yeah. Which is, that's dogs. a, it's a fuck, that's a fucked up scene. Yeah. 
and you don't see anything. Uh, it's really it's, well done. It's just her. It's just her performance. That describing it, it. but mm-hmm. it's it's the 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 way that she is saying he reacted of like no emotion. He doesn't even pause. He just goes and throws it in the garbage. Yes, exactly. Um, in the garb. That's the the garbage detail. Yeah, that's good yeah. stuff. Uh, but so we get the CGI little skin flap, and then we take it to Jeffrey Wright, who I just love. I think he's so good. Um, I love him in Westworld. Yeah. He, Basqua, I always fuck up how to say that name. Basquette, Basqua. Have you ever seen that one with him in the, like, 97 or something? No, He's I haven't playing seen an that. artist, a, a New York underground artist, and David Bowie plays Andy Warhol. <laughs> Whoa. It also has uh, Gary Oldman in it. It has Dennis Hopper in it. Benicio Del Toro is, like, his scummy best friend. Really That's good. I would, I would like you got to bump that one up on the list. It's okay. so good. There's a just a great uh, shot of Andy Warhol, you know David Bowie as Andy Warhol, just being like, I don't even know what's good anymore. <laughs> like it's just it's really interesting about art, and I re- I really love that movie. Is he doing um, a crazy voice for Andy Warhol or anything? Or I mean, yeah, he's he's doing the kind of like high pitch. Okay, good. Uh, sounding voice, yeah. I love. Uh, but so we take anytime you see Warhol portrayed in a movie. To me, it's funny. It's just like a funny. I thing. I need to see Factory Girl because it's guy. I haven't Pierce, seen that either. I believe as that Andy does that one Ooh, as okay. Andy Warhol. Yeah, I'm thinking like Bill um, Hader in Men in Black Three, <laughs> or like uh, even I don't recently that. Weird I have to the go Al back and uh, watch that. Weird the El Yankovic story has an Andy Warhol actor in it too. I believe. I forget who plays him. But I it's saw... somebody funny. I saw Men in Black 3 in theaters, and I have not revisited. I saw it in theaters Even though, like, three times. It's not, it's better than two, mm-hmm. but I was still kind of, like, really mixed on it. Uh, James, jo- Josh Brolin? He's great in Josh it. Brolin. I think I think Jermaine Clement is having a lot of fun in it. and I, like, Yeah, that's really cool. And his, his, his design, look, his look is so yeah. good. There's some parts yeah. of that movie I think are pretty well done, like, and it could just be nostalgic. I was, like, a teenager when I saw it, and, like... I just got my first job. I was at a movie theater, so like, I don't know. I was going to see it for free because I could. Um, but I think there's some moments in that movie to me that are like are pretty fun and real and well done. Um, mm-hmm. Quick anecdote: uh, Like I said, I was working at the theater when that came out. There was a night where I was taking tickets, and um, this just the sweetest old lady was in the lobby. She kept walking up to me because I think it was a, cl- a thing where she had come with other people who had gone to see Men in Black 3 while she went and saw something else, right? So she's waiting for Men in Black 3 to get out. And she comes up to me four or five times, just keeps asking, like, oh, I'm so sorry, but can you, what time again does Men in Black get out? Except that she got the title wrong every single time. And she was like, <laughs> What time does Black Suits Three get out? Uh, what, what time does Men in Men in Suits get out? And then the last one was, what time does Three Black Men get out? And <laughs> I could not contain myself. It was one of the funniest fucking things. Like, but That's also great. just genuinely sweet. Just like trying to get the title of this movie right, could not do it every single time. Kept forgetting yeah. the time, and then just like every single time, a new creative way to like <laughs> misname it. I mean, it's fun. Yeah, I, I definitely had that when I was uh, working at a theater in uh, Tennessee. It's more like Northern Virginia mm-hmm. or Southern Virginia where I was. But, like, there are probably some illiterate people, and they would just, like, try to point <laughs> to let me see that movie. And you'd have to, like, 
Okay, okay. I get. I gotcha. Oh man, for me, it was a lot of just like elderly people who couldn't get titles straight. Yeah. Um, there was that one. Hope floats. Is that the one with like? Uh, who is in that? That was a movie, but I cannot remember. It's like maybe Tommy there. Lee Jones or something. But it's like an it's like an old people romantic comedy kind of a thing. Sure. But a guy came up and asked, like, oh, "Can I take it for that Hope's poll?" And just. <laughs> Oh, God, the greatest. That's one of the things I miss the um, most about working in a theater is just, yeah. the Yeah, the stupidity. I mm-hmm. So, uh, getting back to Jeffrey Wright, I really love him. I think, I love how they're both in Bond. Yeah. Like, you know, the year before. There's, there's I, another movie, too, that they're also in. They're in Quantum of Solace, Casino Royale, of course. Uh, uh, the newest one, No Time one, to Die. Yeah. There's one other one. And this is the year I think I'm going to finally watch every Bond movie. There's been uh, a 007 pinball machine has come out, and I've been playing it a lot, like a brand new one. And um, they just announced a 60th anniversary Bond pinball machine because the, the one that came out is all based on Connery. The new one coming okay. out, the new new one coming out is all the Bonds. Uh, Great. So I'm like, I gotta, I gotta bone up. Maybe it'll somehow improve my pinball playing if I know the movies. I don't know. Um. So, I, so, so, so talk about of, sorry to talk about Jeffrey before we move on from him. I'm oh no, sorry. I'm still going to talk about him. Okay, okay, but can I just can I say I think he's I don't think it's his fault, but I think he's bad in this movie. I think his character hmm. makes no sense to me because his reactions to everything happening is so downplayed and so nonchalant about all this stuff. He doesn't seem yeah. distressed. He doesn't seem shocked. He just takes all this information in and it's like, okay, well, there's an alien invasion going on and, uh, you know, people well, are being transformed inside like, by bacteria. And he's it's kinda... happening in Europe. Yep. It's happening in Japan. Yeah. Nobody's talking about it in the U.S. But I, so I think one of the things, I think he does the science mumbo jumbo actually really well. He in does. I think he, he delivers the exposition. And it, so this is why and I think it's not his fault because like, he does that so fine. I think it's possibly one of the directors who are the fuck directed him in, in most of these scenes. I think it's them trying to add ambiguity as to whether or not he is infected. Mm, okay. Because because he is so so nonplussed by so right. much of this. When but when the he Russian is a lab imba- technician, that's true. You know, but he's also. I mean, by the end of the movie, we know for sure he's still human. So right. when he witnesses the Russian ambassador like melt into goo in front of his face after like crawling like a weird fucking Spider Man. Like and he's just like no, he's, he's dead. Scientist. I'm like it's it's just yeah. He's, he's just like well, he's dead. I'm just like but, but but that's the thing is that unemotional people in this movie we're told are like the, the bond people. Right. It just really doesn't track uh, for me. The 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 point I was gonna make though is I think he does it so well. And then there's the scene later on when Daniel Craig's doing the same thing and it's so bad. Yeah, he's like trying to do, when they're trying to like. ADEM or whatever encephalitis thing he's like reading a file and I'm just like this is bad like you were we're stopping we're like stopping the movie completely the the scene with all was the scene with both him Craig and Kidman when he's first telling them like you know there's an infection that's happening from the inside and then it becomes like a whole new person when he's like laying out the the premise and it's all three of them like, he's doing an okay job with it. Craig is kind of bouncing off him all right. But Kidman, like, summing, she, like, sums it up at the end. She's like, so then it's like an alien invasion from inside of us. I'm just like, it's, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, you guys had no idea how to deliver this information to the audience. Like, you just state it plainly for everyone yeah. to, like, hear. Yeah. 
And it's like, no, and again, nobody is like, it's not just right. Nobody is reacting with any kind of like real emotion to this stuff. It's, it's so bizarre. Well, we'll get to the, the scene that is basically wrapping up the whole theme of the movie is that, <laughs> uh, Daniel Craig is apparently friends with the Ukrainian ambassadors for some, re- for some reason. Uh, it, it's, the che- it's the, it's the, che- it's a uh, Czechoslovakia. Which at this Czech, point, that's what it is. Czechoslovakian. At this, at this point, was still Czechoslovakia, names, I think. Yeah, their names are Belichick, which is the uh, Jeff Goldblum yes. and Veronica Cartwright names from the the seventy eight version. And then we get to meet uh, Yuri, who is the, something like that, who is the Russian ambassador. Yeah, which is like the whole thing about. Uh, I like it though. He's like. Um, uh being russian in america is a pathology can you give me a pill that will make me think like you like they really get into it's very bad but like the the whole idea of like society human nature the the way we act it is a quote-unquote veneer of civility that we put on I mean, it's like David Cronenberg type of stuff. Because, like, we talked about it in, in um, what's the one he did? Sl- not sh- he did Shivers, right? Shivers. Where uh, we are these, like, programmable biomechanical machines. And it just takes slight changes to, like, you know, change this in- into something totally different and un- unrecognizable to us. Like, um, so I, that's kind of what he's getting. I kind of liked it for that reason. But you're right. It's not delivered well. Something's still just very funny about it where I'm like, why the hell is this happening? Why are we getting a weird, like, Czech-Russian stilted, like, right. beef going well, on at dinner here? It's, it's yeah. They, they tell us because Yuri likes the, the, the very fancy champagne that the yes. Czechs serve. And he gets invited because he knows how to get the, like, real caviar. Um, <laughs> I do like, there was some line he says, in Russian Czech. Czechoslovakia means doormat or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's, that's another like, line uh, where, and it's not Ukraine, but it just had me thinking of like, mm, maybe also a little bit prescient, this this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah kind of funny. Um, but I, that actor, though, you're right. It's not good, but something about that actor, his name was Roger Reese, his Yorish. I did, I did yeah, note I down. I think he's fun. It's he's not, pretty fun. It's not well written, yeah. but it's delivered well enough. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when uh, Daniel Craig tries to drive Nicole Kidman home, and he tries to make out with her, and that's when she's like, no, I just want to be friends. Hey, and um, also, let me just say, I mean, I don't think they had the greatest chemistry in this movie, but they look good kissing each other. Just two attractive, I, <laughs> As the Czechoslovakians people. are saying, they would make beautiful children. Yeah, I think, that's true. I don't, I don't know if I've seen him and Rachel Weisz's, um children i mean probably sure beautiful children probably gods on earth yeah like yeah <laughs> uh, but she has a uh like a someone's trying to attack her says he's a census taker it's like actiony for almost no reason oh my god but that's got then, one of the worst shots in that movie too when with the the mouth like opening she, yeah thing. she turns and tries to close the door and he's just like all of a sudden just like like <laughs> screams at her yeah. through the door and he's like, uh, his face up, is CG'd there, it feels like. it's Yeah, it's bizarre. She ends up yeah. calling Craig back, and then he's uh, there the next morning making breakfast for her. Weird and, edit, because she calls him and is like, hey, somebody just scared me. And then I guess she just goes to bed, and then she wakes up and he's in her house cooking breakfast. No, no, I mean, it's just, it's the edit point. We're led to assume that she, that she called him, he came back, she went to bed, he slept on the couch. He woke up, he's trying to make her breakfast. 
because he's in love with her. Right. Uh, he burns the pancakes, which is just like that mm, was like, that was funny. so charming. I like that. Yeah, it's so charming. I wonder if that was a Wachowski thing. <laughs> I, I know no reason to think why, but maybe could have been maybe. You know? Uh, at that point, I think they get like invited back to the <laughs> Czechoslovakian people. Um, I, I'm just the, remembering the, the Russian ambassador had fallen asleep. He's got all the the, cre- the crap on him, mm-hmm. and as Nicole's trying to take a picture from her Nokia phone, yeah, who is like uh, a character in this movie. Oh my god, we haven't even talked about the text message stuff and the video stuff. That's right, which is so yeah. fucking weird. Yeah. Her son, I mean, maybe because he's a kid and he's not comfortable texting and writing, but he just sends these little videos that she plays on her phone, which is the most bizarre way to communicate with somebody for me. Just you send like 15 two second videos. I mean, like, hi, mom. And then like it ends. (laughs) It's like, it's so Uh, fucking crazy. There was even a a shot at some point that it's just so funny because it is the Nokia phone. It's the the number keypad. And she's like trying to hit a question mark. She's like hitting the bolt button multiple times like uh dash period oh question mark there what was go. that called like the t9 texting yeah what yeah i think so right? what a throwback <laughs> oh um so we have the part where as she takes the picture yori like awakens and then slithers off apparently if you wake them in the middle of the rim cycle they have a heart attack yeah who knows um kind of stupid i don't think it really needed to to have any of that idea in this movie of like there's only certain times that you can save them right i did like the uh the way the russian ambassador like again he like spider-man crawls down the hall right like that was kind of cool i liked it leaves like a trail of slime Mm -hmm. too yeah i think you get the very weird jeffrey wright reaction when he's just like well he's dead and he's like dude you just witnessed some of the most freaky bizarre body horror shit like have some kind of emotion <laughs> yeah be be a human um yeah so we didn't cover so she nicole kidman takes oliver to tucker's house he like calls after he gets transformed he's like i want to be with my son she's like why he never does this anyways um but she drops him off uh, but before that they see a crazy woman like come up to the car is like they're here they're here and then like in the oh, 78 yep, yep. version like she gets and, hit by and a car the orig- we, it's, a, it's a thing from the original too yeah. okay we see the impact on this version and what i was thinking much like the 78 version of funny enough that actor's name is kevin mccarthy yes mm-hmm. bizarre bizarrely precedent right now but um it, i think it would have been great if we could have gotten donald sutherland for this like brief yeah role. oh yeah i thought that would have been real fun to have him like crazy crazy eyed totally um, you know it's a shame he never played kurt vonnegut in a movie it seems oh like the hey there's, there's still time man there's still time i guess that's um, true that's true i'm trying to look up oh you could it could have been i'm trying to think of actors from the 90s one it could have been it could have been uh forrest whitaker because he's in the Ooh. 90s one. Yeah, he's fucking okay. amazing. He's so good in that one, too. The lead male actor in the original little, is not coming back to me right yeah, now. Yeah, I would have liked just a little bit more of like trying to get previous cast. I mean, the Veronica Cartwright, it, it, it does kind of take you out of it when you first see her. But I, I it think works that for me. I think like she, she's good enough. Nice it works. little touches. Yeah. I, but that's the thing. She's such a good actress that it works out for them. Um, the the lead of Body Snatchers, who plays the teen girl, is Gabrielle Anwar, 
who I can't say I'm okay. from anything else. Um, I don't know if she would have come back to do this. Oh, Arlie Ermey is also in that one. So look at the cast mm-hmm. list. It's a, it's a, that's a great Meg Tilly. Meg Tilly is uh, absolutely superb. Wow. In that one. Okay. Yeah. I got it. It's good, man. It's good. Very good. So this is, they're realizing everything that's going on. And then Nicole Kidman's like, I need to go get Oliver. I have to go save him. And is trying to get that. We have the shot where she grabs the PSP. Um, but uh, so Tucker is there and is like, well, you know, this is a, a, it's better for everybody, you know. Tackles her CGI spits on her face, which again, eh, it, it's so worse it for me. It must have been, yeah. I don't know, like the the price difference, I wonder, like what it would have <laughs> been just to have a fucking physical effect on set versus just cgi bullshit yeah not to you know diminish your career or anything (laughs) hey i'm not the one adding the cgi i am just getting it into a state where you can add cgi to it yeah (laughs) yeah i my hands are clean in this (laughs) in this no no greg you're still part of the problem (laughs) you're like the military industrial complex you're like one of those guys who's just like i just make a part i don't know I don't know. I just do what the I just do what the I just do what the vendors ask. Okay, I just I just do what the vendors want me to do. I just follow orders. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So she's and then she's running away. I think it might be before or after this. She also has the like running through um, DC, like like hitting windows, be like, oh, you know, it's coming, it's coming. Uh, She gets on the DC Metro, which is a has a very distinct look. I I it lived awesome. in Northern Virginia for God, like a year. That, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a really interesting looking subway. I literally have a note uh, in here that it's like, whoa, really cool shot of the subway when she's like walking through, and it's like that um, kind of like high angle shot looking down at it, and you see the yeah. train arriving. I'm like, that looks fucking great. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's see. So she runs into some people that are like, hey, if you if you can fool them if you just act. Total randoms. Yeah. Yeah, and none of them are doing a like the one black guy is doing a good job, but everybody else is just like <laughs> fails immediately. Together. Yeah, right, and they automatically are just like attacking them and whatever. Um, Nicole Kidman's the only one that gets away because the one woman's too stupid to jump. Yes, that's right. Um, yeah, which I mean, I don't know. For me, anytime I see just sort of from movies and things like that, anytime I see somebody jump onto railroad tracks or like uh, subway tracks, I'm like, well, they're going to touch the third rail and get electrified. It's just like in mm. my, it's just like burned into my brain from head. movies. Yeah, yep. Uh, I have another note around this time because I think I was just like kind of getting bored of this part, um, and so I was just like scrolling through IMDb trivia. The other thing that Daniel Craig and Jeffrey Wright were in, aside from the James Bond movies, they are both in the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, apparently. I did read that, and I have yeah. n- I've never seen that. I should go back and watch those. I have seen one episode of that series, and it was boring as shit, so I never <laughs> continued watching the rest of them. I did I, look I, up Harrison uh, Ford Bryce. is in one episode of that, though. Yeah, he's like an old man with an eye patch. They talk about yes. that on George Lucas Talk Show a lot. Yeah. Did they talk um, about like what he does? And the episode is fucking ridiculous. I forget what other podcast I listen to that goes over it, but it's like insane. It, he's just like the wraparound telling the story, yeah, mm-hmm. or something like that. Yes, yeah. he is. Um, yeah, but I did see that uh, Jeffrey Wright's first acting performance was in Presumed Innocent, 
with oh. uh, Harrison Ford. I've never seen it, but he plays Is that like, the, the Amish one? attorney. No, that's Witness. Okay, okay. Presumed innocent, I think he's like a lawyer, and another lawyer is uh, being tried for murder. And as he's investigating, like, all the information keeps pointing at him Yeah, as the killer. I gotta... Uh, but uh, I, I need to see it. I just... Yeah, I, like I have Jeffrey to. Wright. I want I have to support. I have him. to. I have to burn through all of Harrison's like thrillers, you know, because uh, he, he the, made so what's many. What's the of French? Them. What's the is Polanski? Is it frantic or something? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Harrison, uh, one of the most frustrating things last night at this like drinking game party I went to was we were doing. Um, There's a blockbuster board slash card game, and have you, have you heard of this? Okay, I maybe I have it. That's the one that Brittany got me for oh, Christmas. Man. Play that as soon second. as you can. It's very fun. Sure, sure. This guy? That's it, yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. Very fun game. Part of it is you have to, like, you put down three cards into three categories, like act it, quote it, and um, one word. One word, yeah. And... Uh, so acting it out, you can't use any sound. You have to just mime it, and they have to guess the movie based on that. The movie was Raiders of the Lost Ark, and so I'm like, okay, I can act that out. That's fucking easy. You just do the whip, like you know, and people will get it. So I start whipping, and everyone's like, whip, and I'm like, well, what movie? You know, what movie? Like whip, and everyone's like, okay, what movie? And they're like, oh, whip movies. Okay, I'm just like, how is it not the first one that comes to your mind? And then I go, okay, I'll do the idol exchange, so like bag of sand and like grabbing the idol bag of sand. And we're like, mm-hmm. uh, ex- they're like, uh, exchange. And I'm like, okay, yeah. And then I go like this, blowgun. And then they're like, blowguns. And I'm like, so you have every piece there. <laughs> like, come on. And we didn't get I, it. But so I would have done, I would have tried to do like the, the guy with the sword. Like, doing I that thought that like too. Rock. I thought, and like, then, yeah. And then like move and then just shoot him. Yeah, this was the, our very first round, so I wasn't like okay. I didn't know yet how detail how like, how detailed <laughs> you weren't I had warmed get. up yeah. yet. Exactly. I, I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. Um, so uh, Kidman's running away. She takes off her heels to run because she's no Bryce Dallas. Mm, yes, <laughs> I put that in my notes. Although she does run in the heels like as she's running away from Tucker. Oh, There's another. Another strange thing, I just because I'm again glancing in my notes and thinking about this, but when she after she gets vomited on and she's first driving away, they they throw a dead dog at her car, <laughs> which is a really oh, strange yeah, moment. Right. What a um, weird dog shit in this. Yeah, I uh, actually I think it was like as she's trying to drive away, she like hits a garbage can and the dead dog yeah. was just in it. Maybe? And that's her neighbor's dog or not her patient's dog or Tucker's neighbor's. Dog? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. Um, so she comes across like a maintenance worker, a security guard, something with a gun. And I, I do like his performance of he's like, I have yeah. two children and she just shoots him, hits a table and accidentally discharges another one and then just drops the gun and runs away. And we all, this is where we have the weird cross cutting too with like future events. Cause she's like panicking in this room and then it's also showing her running more. Yeah. Right. Um trying to to go trying to act unemotional. Um she comes out onto the street and then she sees a bunch of people just standing around watching as other people are being attacked and like with the police are dragging them and then some of them are saying or I think this one's a little bit later. Yeah. Um, there's there's two things in this movie cuz 
during that subway chase, you have a lot of the the people chasing them are just shooting this projectile vomiting at them as an oh, attack, yeah. Yeah. which I, I like that. I think that's a freaky thing because like it's a little zombie movie-ish when they're being chased, you know, kind of 28 days later. To, to yeah. have the added caveat of their projectile vomiting at you is pretty freaky. And then we have a moment here where she's doing the unemotional thing. She's walking to the crowds and she's walks up to a crowd and you have the couple on top of the building. The That's my next note. Yeah. And it's like more bad this CG. This is good. The, bad CG, but I think that the idea is really solid. So like... No, I again, yeah. I really like that. And Brittany was also wondering like, are those people infected and they're trying to draw out other people? That, I, like, that's no. the weird thing. I don't know. I mean, I had that I, idea as well. Yeah. I, I think it really is just two people who are seeing the world crumble around them and they have no other alternatives. Right. And they're just like, fuck it. I'd rather go out on my own way than like be changed into this unemotional alien. But that it's such a good uh like revealing aspect of the people who cannot keep it together as that happens. Yeah. Uh like if and you're it's... human and you see someone die before you, like you're you should react. The None image of, of people of people hugging and then committing suicide. I mean, it's possibly yeah. a strange 9-11 callback. That's the thing mm. that I'm literally just putting together right now. I talked about all these like sci-fi remakes of like invasion movies or like just these kind of paranoia thrillers being remade around this time. Like it is that a result of 9-11 and Patriot Act? I mean, absolutely it probably is, right? Like yes. I'm it because, for sure is what like War of the Worlds be... is all about 9-11. You know? Right, because we just kept being told, like, you know, if you see something, say something. Yeah, um, you know, there, there could, they'll be terrorists. They, they'll look just like you. They'll, they we're infiltrating all these other things. What was the shoe bomber guy like? He was a white man, right? Who I think like, so converted to Islam and then like that probably, you know, yeah, yeah. So, like, so there was this idea of you know you don't necessarily know who you can trust, um. But she ends up going back to the Belichick house and is, uh, she's like, I couldn't find Oliver. Um, they start talking about that he's possibly immune. Um, well, they talk about that, I guess, in, in a little bit because he's, he, they say he's like been there a couple nights. He's still sending her text messages as they leave the Belichicks, uh, like her, Craig Wright, and another person. They see Veronica Cartwright being like, carried around she's like i've already slept da, da, da. she's like being tased and stuff yeah right so that, that, that other woman... idea that there's an immunity which uh -huh. has not been in any of the other ones that i've realized yeah no because it's not exactly a virus in the other ones it's the pod right like you right. can't really be immune to that um so this is a new idea that they're introducing that other that's that is a weird part of it because you said like they're leaving with jeffrey wright and another woman and that yeah. other woman is vaguely styled, kind of like Veronica Cartwright from the seventies one. Like, yeah, not I guess maybe so. maybe it's just a she's similar vibe. It's a similar vibe in that she's just kind of like panicky and like you know, right, like a little frantic. But they make nothing of her. She's not a real character. She's just kind of there I was for some reason. Reading the Wikipedia, they made it sound like she was Wright's assistant, but it seemed more yeah. like she was uh, a servant of the Belichicks. Something like to that. Me, I really, I don't know. And she kind of just vanishes at a certain point, so like it's not important. <laughs> yeah. Well, so that's the thing. At this point, they're splitting up. Uh, Kidman and Craig are going to go find Oliver, and Wright has been talking about how he has a friend at Fort Detrick. De I think yeah. it's Detrick, mm -hmm. uh, which is like 15 miles outside of DC. 
Uh, they're gonna go there. That's where they're trying to to make sure, like, save humanity. They um, they have a good they have a good moment too, where he's talking about how this. I think this is much earlier, but he's talking about how the entire world is being affected by this, which right. is another change because every other version of it, it's like localized to a small area at first. So we're we're witnessing the beginning yeah. of stuff and how it spreads outwards. Um, well, so, that's part of the idea i'm trying to remember how it was in the 78 but the the idea of the space shuttle exploding and sending debris like across the united states yeah um they talk about some points like there could be like 10 million people already infected in the 70s when it starts local like very locally and then by the end of it we get the sense that like the entire planet has been it's it's like uh an asteroid and then it's the flowers that she's finding and isn't it, it's it's just like space spores, right? I think it's not even an asteroid. It's literally just they, yeah. they float in from space, yeah. Which is That's how the original is, goes, yeah. too. Uh, anyway, uh, there was a thing about right the Fort Dietrich stuff. Oh, he says that Japan and Europe have already begun, like, lockdown procedures and everything. Right. But across the U.S., all anybody is talking about is the flu. Is the flu. This, to me, is another little piece of commentary I like. Of just like the entire rest of the world is focused on the important stuff, and the U.S. is like just kind of being nonchalant and like ignoring dumb these fucks, big problems. Right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it again. It's W's DC. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's yeah. it's to be expected. You know, we're worried. I mean, this is this is years after, but we're worried about gendered bathrooms while climate change is destroying the planet. You know. I mean, it, yeah, it's the same thing. I, like, right around this time is the whole... Uh, I It always gets me, like, think about how much money and time we spent worrying about gay people getting married. That has yeah. zero fucking effect on practically anything. Yes. When we're living... When we're killing the planet, we're living... No, we're not even killing the planet. We're destroying our habitat That's like, it. that we yes. can live in. Yeah, the, the planet's, planet's going to be fine. Planet is fine until the the sun eventually destroys it, but it'll you know, like it'll survive. Yeah. <laughs> There's not much we can do to like really kill the planet. It's yes. killing our ability to live on it. Yeah, exactly. Um, which I let's get into it real quick. It is one of the <laughs> things that we talked yeah. about in '78. No, it's just the, the <laughs> idea. Is this a better world? There's no wars. Mm-hmm. No fighting, like we get in at the very one of the last things is is Daniel Craig reading the pepper paper and be like, "Oh, eighty four dead in Kabul today." Um, we get you know a little bit later. There's Kim Jong Il on the TV like doing peace with like yes. a nuclear proliferation thing. Like, they're, and they're the, they're the last ones to like sign the thing. So like, even the infected North Koreans are like, "Okay, okay, yeah, we'll finally begrudgingly give it up." Yeah. Is it so? But the the whole thing about this one that they get into is that there are these certain people that are immune, and a world with them is not possible. So we have to kill them instead of just converting everybody. We're converting those we can, and then killing the ones that don't. So, so there's still a fascist element to that a little bit, right? Like they're not painting it as like a world utopia exactly. This one does not get nearly enough into the human dynamics to really like you're right because the way it's presented aside from killing people who are immune it is 100 just better you know and they try to make it like a little interesting for nicole kidman's character because what she pitches at that dinner 
with the Russian ambassador is which is a, a completely infected world, right? right? Which is like, hey, someday we can overcome these instincts and have peace everywhere. And that's exactly what is happening here. And of course, at the very end, they give her precisely like 2.5 seconds to ponder about this where the movie just ends. Right. You know? So they don't do the work to really make it land with any kind of impact. It raises the like, idea do, and then does nothing with it. Yeah. It's like, do, do the means justify the ends yeah. and, and all these other things that are, are complex and interesting. And, and it's like, like Daniel, and Daniel it's Craig... It's like window dressing in yeah. this movie. Like, there's, like her it's and Daniel important. Craig's relationship, if they really hashed out the like the emotions of that of them you know what i mean and like mm-hmm. added a real value to their relationship then this stuff could be more interesting but it yeah it well, they, they don't do enough with them they try a little bit at the end when he like shows up infected and he's like yeah. it's better um do you remember that time we were fucking like um the snow thing like the previous yes. time they had sex and she's like looking at a bunch of trees and saying, wouldn't it be better if we're, like, all connected? <laughs> if we were trees, like the way yeah. a forest, like, you know, the way a forest. And to this movie's you know, credit, there's, there's I mean... all these roots underneath us, yeah. and, you know. I do, I mean, we're saying that they fucked them. I do appreciate that the movie doesn't out and out say it, but it is saying it, you know. Like, I kind of appreciate that, but... I, yeah. I mean, that that dinner at the Russian, or the, with the Russian guy, like, that is, they are just saying it. Yeah. Instead it's like of, if, like... Get, they're trying to any sort of air of yeah. of subtext. They're trying to have a Donald Sutherland and Brooke Adams relationship, like in uh, the seventy eight one. Yeah, you know. So, but it just they they come nowhere near to having that work. The nineties one has a pretty interesting, like kind of like romance element to it too. I would say yeah. um, that's again so different from what the seventy eight one does, but is effective in different ways. Yeah thinking about sutherland again i love how in that version he is like a health inspector like mm-hmm. that is such a great you know almost not unimportant but just like a a, a position you don't necessarily see but it really works thematically for the movie in a weird way for, yeah for him and his character right mm-hmm. and i love like the the first scene it's like him talking about rat turds yes i still think <laughs> Uh, I still think that movie has something interesting. His character is so fascinating in that, like, the way he plays it is slightly flamboyant, and it being set in sure. San Francisco, I could be just generalizing, it could just be a weird thing I'm reading into way too much, but the fact that he and Brooke Adams are just friends, and there's this mm-hmm. maybe unrequited thing to them, but also, is it is it is there a potentiality for him being homosexual, and that's why... There's something off about them. Who knows? I don't know. That's an interesting. I don't know. I, 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 don't, I remember. I, don't know. I, I remember. I, I brought it up in the episode, and you you like said you didn't really see it, which I haven't seen this reading anywhere else online. The stuff I read about this movie, so it could <laughs> just be me, but I have no idea. Um, but anyway, but my grander point is that like that that seventy eight one and the original fifties one and the nineties one, they all do such a wonderful job of giving you this social commentary that complements the characters and what they are going through and presents these interesting ideas for you to really ruminate on. This one is, it's like, it's brought up for three seconds, like in sporadic bursts here and there. And then it's just like the kind of action of going from place to place afterwards. It's not to say there isn't the issue is they're trying to inject action in all of this to make it exciting, to make it sexy. We got to make it. It's the, it's two thousands. We got to make things sexy. Yeah. 
Uh, uh, it's a weird thing because like I don't even want to say the action is totally dissatisfying. Like I said, I I do like the the vomiting <laughs> crowds of people running at you. That's good. And then one of my favorite parts of the movie, there's some bad CG abound, but like one of my favorite parts of the movie is that kind of crazy car chase where all the infected people are hanging on the car. Like again, and this kind this of a great me, scene though honestly i don't know i i think, I think it's, it's well like, done it's just throwing everything up the wall right now it's like it is. gotta make it interesting yeah and it made me think of the uh Resur- matrix resurrections of like the the suicide mm. bomber guys yep like that's i, I kind of felt like there was a, a tangent there um so i like that movie though they they have the the scene in her office where they realize like oh there's immunity people who had something in their childhood they are you know they're not going to get it. And she's like, I'm going to go get Oliver. Uh, takes the train. And then that's when um, Jean, like, notices uh, her. Yes. I think actually, I think right before this is where she's trying to, she's, like, taking micro naps, thinking of the Nightmare on Elm Street thing. Yep. Um, but she, I think this is the one where she sees herself in the mirror. This is, and this is really goofy. And Nicole Kidman yeah. comes back and hits... I, I, you know, I watched this twice, like I do for my my uh, hosting ones, and the CGI on her face of the the one with the hammer is so bad, it is horrendous. Um, uh, really bad. We have so Jean is like there, and she's kind of shocked. <laughs> this is the best like, part of the movie. Is Jean best and unemotional? Yeah. Yes, it's uh, but, okay, <laughs> just questions here. These why is like Gene selected by these aliens to be like the one who speaks? It makes and this no sense feels, that he's on the train. This feels like a Wachowski thing to me for some reason. They they have kind of kids in these sort of roles occasionally, like um like the girl from Matrix Revolutions. Uh, oh yeah, the anomaly then, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the he's he's dressed in like a little turtleneck and suit. And for great. a second, I was like, is he dressed as Leonard Nimoy from the 70s one? And I was trying to see, <laughs> oh. I was trying to see if they had a shot of his hands with the weird a reverse little, gloves. Little mini leather glove, yeah. Yes, I, yeah. I really wanted him to be wearing those. But he is wearing a turtleneck and a blazer. He looks, like, fancy. He is talking in a weird, like, stilted way. The actor cannot pull it off, but it is adorable. Like, it is cute, There yeah. is so something, there's something so fucking bizarre about that. I, I kind of I love it. It's one of the it's one of the it's the one big choice this movie makes that I really love. You know, there's I other choices that, it makes. Yeah. There's other choices it makes where I'm like, okay, whatever. It kind of works, kind of doesn't. This is something that doesn't work, but it is such a weird move. You still that enjoy I, it, that I like right. it. Yeah. Uh, and so so she fools them by there's a bunch of the weird skin stuff in already in the garbage. Yes. And so she just puts it on herself, and then when they're pulling into the station, she's, like, pretending to pull it off. Yeah, and we get an egregious, like, shot of her own dressing in the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So she ends up going to Tucker's house. Uh, They they meet his mom. They're having cutlets. She eventually finds Oliver. They do the whole pickle thing, and then they run away. Well, Uh, first of all, Jean comes in and discovers them being emotional, and right. she kind of like lightly shoves him into a bedpost. Oh, it's great! Yeah, <laughs> to the point where you're funny. like, she just killed that fucking kid. But it's also kind of the way it's done. It really, you can really tell that they were being careful with this kid, and he really doesn't really make an. Like, it's just like the way it's cut. It's like so. 
Yeah, uh, very and funny. And he already stated, like, uh, his parents died. Mm-hmm. So then we have uh, Tucker chasing them. They, like, go into a weird uh, abandoned factory. You know, Oliver's hiding. Tucker comes in, is attacking Kidman, and uh, she ends up hitting him in the head with a hammer, killing him. So that's uh, yeah. two people that she has killed so far. Not the, uh, not they, the only two. No, no, no. There's more. A lot more, uh, they, actually. They make it into the pharmacy, and they're hiding. They spend way a, too long here, yeah. Yeah, it's the in-media res where we start it. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, going back to that, I thought that was really good kind of editing and, and like, frantic. As, like she, as she's trying to stay awake. I like the internal like, monologue stuff, yeah. Right, you're, like, you're hearing, like, uh, oh, Ritalin, Adderall, uh, 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 sugar, all this stuff, and... Um, she gets a shot of epi- epinephrine that she puts in her pocket. So if I fall asleep, Oliver, you got to yes. give me a shot like your cousin with diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ridiculous. Um, there's a whole room of people that are transforming. She steals a gun and locks it. She talks to Daniel Craig and Daniel Craig's like, oh, I'm at the hospital. Uh, Jeffrey Wright needs like infected blood, all these other things. I'll get to you as soon as I can and nicole kidman ended up falling asleep oliver does the shot in the heart um that's where we get the really bad um, yeah product placement of mountain dew and pepsi just a weird thing where like they set up this adrenaline thing and then they pay it off exactly like two minutes later right it's there's like not really any tension with it it's just yeah the entire time they had like the employees in the like the office like transforming yes um and she like locks the door. It just made me think of that fucking amazing part in the seventy eight one when Nimoy comes in and is like a good, they're gonna inject them. They get out and lock him in the freezer, and just that like weird shot, like zooming in on him trapped in the, like the freezer door, like scream, like ah, yeah. and screaming. I I love that shot. So I think about that all the fucking time. Ugh. I gotta rewatch um, the seventies one, man. Like it's gonna happen like tonight or tomorrow. It's good. It's good. Uh, there were a couple quotes I wanted to to get into. Right, the the one when they're first introducing like the bacteria is like it ain't from around here. It's yeah, just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the part when they're in the pharmacy and they're she feeds Oliver nuts and he just goes, "So is this what they mean by going nuts?" <laughs> That's one of it's the moments bad. where that where that kid really started to to get on my nerves. Yeah, he's so cute though. As he's the, fine. It's, it's, yeah. The delivery is cute. It it doesn't fit for this movie, but it is just like adorable. I yeah, that's the thing. I think he doesn't really fit for this movie, and I think that there's just points where it's like all the videos he sends her are so like yeah, they, just, they don't work. They're so fucking weird. It's just a weird I, choice. I wonder if that again is like the Wachowski thing. Yeah, like we gotta we gotta emphasize the the relationship between them because mm-hmm. that's what's I, that is one of the things that's interesting about the 78 versus like they're giving her a lot of motivation about like yeah i love my kid yep um there's a lot of that and it yeah. feels like something that was a vaguely unique to this version where the main because like i said the main protagonist of the, of the 90s one is a teenager mm-hmm. and there is a young kid in that one too but he's not like the focus this one it feels like they maybe were making uh, Oliver's semi-symbolic of like saving your innocence or some shit like that, but they don't 
Okay. Go, yeah. They don't go too deep into it enough. They don't go deep enough to like really make that work. But mm-hmm. I will say uh, the inclusion of the kid, though, I thought possibly was a reference to the '90s one. That's an element they put, they could kind of take. And then okay. I think we should just kind of like fast forward to this a little bit. But there's a, a big car chase sequence where Jeffrey Wright is on a helicopter, kind of directing her around so they can pick her up. Um, I will say in the climax of the '90s one, there is a fucking wild moment involving a helicopter that I thought they were going to do one to one here. But they did it, okay. and I, I am yeah. I am really curious if they were trying to kind Planning of mislead, mislead the audience in okay. some way. Yeah, who had maybe seen the nineties one? I I guess I just got to put on that nineties one. Yeah, later tonight. I'll watch. I'll um, rewatch the seventies. You got to rewatch the nineties, and we'll report back <laughs> next week. Yeah. Uh, so Daniel Craig shows up, and Nicole Kidman automatically falls into his arms, and he's like, "No, sorry, I'm changed. Mm-hmm. It's actually it is actually better. You I, you should stop fighting." Um, he unlocks the door and lets all these other people in. And so Nicole Kidman shoots six other people. Well, it is kind of ridiculous. I mean, I know he's like infected people. at this point. Yeah, it's infected at this point, but it's kind of nuts. He's just like, well, we have no place for immune people. And they're just like going to execute her son in front of her, I guess. Yeah, and he that's, thinks that's what this we're going to do. He kind of thinks this is going to work. I don't know. But yes, she pulls a Stephen Lang and Don't Breathe too, And like fucking like caps eight dudes instantly. Just like, well, you know, it's... one shot, one kill for each of them. <laughs> I think I think it's actually done well cinematically is that it like you see the gun and then everything else around it like goes out of focus. So you just yeah, see yeah. like figures that It's kind of cool. Yeah. But I I counted the shots. She she shoots six people at this point. Mm-hmm. She's killed the one guy, other guy with the gun. She killed her husband. So that's eight people she has <laughs> murdered. Yeah. And it, I love that it like it doesn't give we don't get anything about this later on. She has you, no traumatic, like post traumatic stress over it. You saying this is done cinematically, which made me real because I do know that the director Oliver Hirschbeagle. I have seen one other movie of his. He did Das Experiment. I don't know if you know about this movie. No. Um, it's what the Stanford. It's the same like uh story as like the Stanford Prison Experiment. Okay. Where not the one they, with Peter Sarsgaard. I, I think he might Winona Ryder. That's the, the that's the American remake, I think. Oh, okay. That's the American okay. remake. So he did the German original, but it's based off of a real experiment that happened where they brought in these people. They right. had certain people play prisoners and some people play prison guards. And just eventually it turned into the people playing prison guards torturing the prisoners because they could. Um, yeah. Because they were given the freedom to. And thinking about that, because that story is about like the inherent... like monsters inside of everybody and the common person right and again that human element of just like given the freedom we're gonna be awful and horrible to each other and that's a little bit what this is about too right unless we place these like alien restrictions on us we're gonna have death and chaos and like world catastrophes so i can just thinking about this right now i can see why oliver hirschbeagel is a good candidate for a remake of of this uh this story yeah and it's a shame that he doesn't get to do what he fully wants to do in this i was i was looking up his uh credits as you were talking but he also did downfall like the hitler oh the 2004 like he did um diana which is uh naomi watts playing princess diana I didn't Um, know that was a a lot of interesting things about like the psychology of a human and what we are asked to do versus what should be done 
Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just fast forward through all the plot. Um, she shoots Craig she in the shoots leg. Yeah, Craig in the in the knee, which is why James Bond has a bad knee. <laughs> um, she they do the 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 car chase. Apparently, Kidman was injured in that Jaguar. Oh, um, dude, car chase I mean, scene. like that's what I was saying. Like, I think that car chase is really well done and kind of intense, especially the way it fucking ends when it slams yeah. into that pole. The very that impact looks fucking crazy. Like. That looked like it would have killed stun people. Yeah, but uh, they get into the helicopter. They save the world. We fast forward like a year. Jeffrey Wright's saying like, "Oh, you know, we were pretty much we've gotten everybody." Um, the kind of a War of the Worlds reference here. He's saying like the alien had no defense mechanism, so it was very easy for us to like eradicate it. Yeah. Yeah, this um, this kind of strikes me as all just kind of lame. I mean, I talked about it too in... Um, it makes a little more sense for the faculty that they're able to cure them sure. in that. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's that's more... It's got the comedic elements to it too. And like, it has, it has fun with the idea because like in the credits you show Jon Stewart with like the eye patch and like missing fingers, which is fun. Um, but it's something about it in an invasion of the body snatcher story. The fact that they are defeated just feels lame to me. Cause right, well, and that's one of the things I'm wondering if this is the twist. It like that's what they say in Wikipedia that they brought in the Wachowskis to do a twist ending. Is the it feels like it could be that it. we yeah. win? Could be. I don't like that twist ending. But you know, it's interesting that's... too. Just thinking of the Wachowskis, like, and uh, got they they are so focused on every one of their movies on like humanity as a whole, right? Sure. Like, each of their stories has this idea of, like, hey, we are one human creature, and the little differences between us are what divide us and separate us, and when you look past those, there's this idea of human unity, right? That's kind of, like, what The Matrix is talking about a lot. That's what, like, Jupiter Ascending is talking about. That's what fucking, um... Speed Racer. one I really like. Uh, <laughs> what's the one I really like with, uh, uh Tom Hanks? Um, oh, Cloud Atlas. Cloud Atlas, right? This idea that like we are all one unified thing, and yeah. this is the only time in their movies that they've worked on, even though they are just did uncredited rewrites, where that idea is presented as horrifying—the idea that we can be unified. You know what I mean? So it's kind of yeah. interesting in that way. Thinking about the Wachowskis, I do not know how much of their material made it into the final product. I- that's the thing. I really, I would love to see like what yeah. the original cut of this movie would be. Yeah, I want to see. I want to read the original script and then read the Wachowski rewritten one. Yeah, and I, I really wonder how different everything would be. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So they saved the world. I do like the. There is a part about Jeffrey Wright and like it's all these reporters interviewing. Like he's very famous now, and you know they're asking something. And he's like, well, all you got to do is look at the news to see that we're still human. <laughs> yeah. Just basically like we're fucking we're killing mm-hmm. each other there's war that to me so. is enough you do not need the russian auditory flashback at the end right but I so mean, then we see I don't know. kidman has now adopted gene she did end up not <laughs> killing that little asian kid <laughs> weird um, moment too where she's like i love you to gene well, like you know i, I get it but parents. it's just i get it it's just a weird moment yeah uh, so they send Gene and Oliver to school, and then Daniel Craig is reading the newspaper. Apparently nobody remembers anything mm-hmm. when they were infected, transformed. And so again, he's like, oh, 84 dead in Kabul. 
Um, and then again, we get the Russian ambassador, his little narration thing. There's They didn't play that part, but there is an interesting part from that speech where he's talking about, can you give me a pill to make me understand Americans, to understand Iraq, to understand Kabul, to understand yep. New Orleans, which is oh, yeah. fasc- a fascinating one that he brings up like us invading countries or war things, but then also how shitty we are even to our own citizens. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the one moment where <laughs> Kanye speaking out of turn on camera actually ended up bringing up some good points, <laughs> right? <laughs> Back in the good old days. Oh, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, oh, well, boy. Let's, let's give some final thoughts on this movie. <laughs> We're going to rate it what we rate it the 78 version out of. Do you remember? <laughs> Oh boy, was it something with like hobo-faced dogs? I don't no, remember. No, but I had forgotten all about that because we do bring that up. But that is that is something this movie sorely needed. Was the they reference dog dogs face. so much? There's so many weird dog things, yeah, and then they don't do that. Which I guess it doesn't make sense with the way that they are pod people, the way pod people work now. Yeah, it, it doesn't work out as well. Mm. Um, so no, we covered it on weird leather hand gloves. Ah, yes, of course. To, to, which for, for Nimoy's, yeah. Which Gene should have been wearing when he shows up in his turtleneck and blazer, yeah. Would have been great. All right, I'm host, I'll be going first. This is not a good movie. There are definitely <laughs> structures and points of it that I'm like, this this could fly, this would be fine. I, like we were talking about, I really want to know the differences between the original and, and what they ended up giving us. Because I'm I'm sure, much like our discussion of Babylon... There is something good in here you could make. I think you you fucking wipe all that CG out and you 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 redo it. You practical effects. Um, you, you bring in more cameos from previous ones. Yeah. You either. What if Gene was like a teenager? I don't know. Yeah. I'm just thinking because there was one part when uh, Craig is talking to Kidman and she's like uh, going off about her ex husband. And he says, like, Oliver loves you completely. There's nothing anyone could ever do that would change that fact. And just automatically my head's like, well, what about puberty? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's going to be, that's going to be, that's, that's really going to Yeah, test. That, that whole thing struck me as weird, too. I agree. Like, they mentioned that, and I'm like, well, you know, they, people grow up, and that kind of does change. Yeah. And it's sort of changing, so. It, it needed, um... More subtext, less, like, straight text of, like, the Russian guy. Like, even though I kind of like that scene, they're playing too hard on the whole themes of the movie that we don't bring up enough. Like, there's not enough of, the like, um, a continuing thread between it. And I think that is kind of the, the detriment of the movie, besides the really bad CG. Uh, like I said, I, I, I kind of do like the editing. I think it's really well done. It's shot pretty well um yeah mid 2000s uh you know love nicole kidman's pajamas let's see what else is there um super super duper glad they didn't give craig to do an american accent he can he seems to be able to do the weird accents oh like he has so much fun doing weird accents yeah like knives out like uh logan lucky i always Mm -hmm. want to say lucky logan but it's logan lucky right you know it's uh Needs a lot of room for improvement. I 
we're what uh 16 years out now like it's time for another remake practically yeah so i mean we gotta get hollywood on this do not hire the wachowskis just saying <laughs> or do and just let them have free reign of everything you know what i mean like, maybe maybe yeah. well they're not seeming to work together anymore which yeah they're, I, they kind of they're going to separate ways a little bit kind maybe the reason why i don't think revolutions works as well i think lana has a lot of big ideas and then what's um it's l it's an l as well lily as well right, right? Lily. lily yeah i think maybe lily's more grounded and is able to like you know bring all those grand ideas into to the middle mm-hmm. it seems um i'm gonna go two weird leather hand gloves okay hey very nice uh yeah just piggybacking what you said about remakes i mean it is time it's like this is one of those things where you people i mean me included will complain about like originality uh and the movie's coming out but a part of me is like but there's merit to update we've seen more than once there is merit to updating the story of invasion of the body snatchers it is a premise that lends itself to the problems of the time that these movies are being released like you'll see that like in all science fiction's version of a star is born yeah exactly oh great great comparison um because it is talking about like evergreen stuff but the the details of it though can really be changed around to suit the day and age that it's being released and i think this one is no exception like it really does have stuff that is so pertinent to to the mid-2000s and to bush's america like you were talking about the fact that it takes place in washington dc is so weirdly underutilized aside from having the russian ambassador present like and the and the Czechoslovakian stuff there, but something about it is still underused. Like when I think about the '70s one and the way it used San Francisco as a location, as this like touchstone of cultural change and progressive and progressiveness that San Francisco kind of has always been, uh, and the way that blended in with the themes of conformity, and you then really notice the change in everybody in the whole city as everyone kind of starts to become the same, uh, and also just how. Uh, Philip Kaufman in that one utilize the crowds around you because that original 50s one it is a small town and so when someone starts to change the entire town hears about it but it's like that 70s one someone changes and it's so crowded and so busy how are you going to notice like there's so much going on and then just Sutherland or Brooke Adams walking down the street and the crowds of people around you adding to that sense of paranoia and like you know just like an unsettling nature over everything they do that for like two seconds in this one there's like one moment where nicole kimman is walking in the street and like a bunch of people are staring at her but it's so brief and so like underutilized you know you made me think there's a scene watching this twice that like it really sticks out there's a point very early on where she stops at a newsstand and the guy's like arguing on the phone with his girlfriend yes and it's like it it emphasizes it enough. You're like, you're going to bring this back. Yeah. Right? Like, oh yeah, I thought the same thing. This guy, I, I, that guy is in my notes. Like, yeah. Yeah, he's like not fighting with his girlfriend, or he's on a like it. They try to set up these things, and then it doesn't pay off. And this could be multiple writers, multiple yeah. directors. Again, too many cooks in the kitchen. I think something you need taking place in Washington D.C. And they do this a little, little bit with the Czechoslovakian people and the Russian people. But you need two politicians, like one Democrat, one Republican, like 
not getting along yes. in one scene, and then you need something on a news report or late or something showing them later being like, "We now agree on on gay marriage." I'm just like, yeah. "Wait a minute, we do want this, but it is not. It is definitely strange that this is suddenly happening the way it is. That it's happening like, so fast and like almost no negotiations or anything. You know? Yeah, we weirdly in Tarantino's book that was released a couple months ago, he goes on a mini tangent in one of the chapters about the different versions of the invasion of the body snatchers. And he brings up, he doesn't really discuss the 2007 one. He kind of excludes that, but he says in the other three, he's like, it is interesting that they don't talk about how good of a world it would be if they took over. Like they, they also, those other three do kind of touch upon that a little bit. And they, they have the infected make the pitch like, hey, wait a minute, isn't this what you guys want? But ultimately, we yeah. still root for the humans. But Tarantino's just kind of saying, like, isn't it interesting that, like, that would be a better world? And we still defy it as humans. It's like, no, 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 we can't have that. Not this way. To go back to the Wachowski's, not like this. Not like not this. Not like this. Oh. <laughs> so anyway, Great. Tarantino. I love that line. Yeah. So, but Tarantino brings that up in, in his book. And so it's just interesting to then watch this movie and be like, oh, this is a movie that is all about that. About how it would be better. But somehow it's not also not all about that. It's also just about the weird action elements they insert into this. I'm going to say 2.5. Like, I think there's some interesting things here. Some of it works for reasons it shouldn't. Like, all the Gene stuff is yeah. so fucking funny to me. Um, I think Craig is charming. I think Kidman is a good lead, despite being kind of, like, underwhelming in some regards. And some She's wonky accent sometimes work. She's a sometimes in this. Yeah. And, like, Cri- as- and again... The accent stuff in the beginning is so crazy, and then it just completely, excuse me, completely vanishes, like, midway but it's, through. it's very weird, like, she has that line, and she says, like, assimilation feels good in a place like this. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. It's it's, it's really odd. It, you know, adrenaline shots to the heart feel good in a place. She says it a lot. There's a lot of variations on it. It's kind of weird. Um, so, I, uh, yeah, 2.5 weird leather hand gloves, like... I don't hate this. It's just really hard to recommend it among the other body snatcher movies. Like the other, the other, like if anyone doesn't know about these movies, I would hand heartily, uh, uh you recommend. know what I mean? Like recommend the other three, even if I don't mm-hmm. think that I had to rewatch the fifties one. Cause when I saw it, I didn't love it. And I kind of thought it wasn't like the greatest movie, even though I really, of course love the premise and I love the ideas. I'm like, it's got some, con- some really cool sequences in it. But, like, for me, the 70s one and the 90s one blow them out of the water and really show you, like, the the, the right way to remake things, yeah. you know? And I, this one, I think this is not the best way to remake it. Yeah. That's, but still some interesting... That's a big issue. There's some in, interesting there are interesting in things. Yeah. I think they just dropped the ball more than not. I uh, want to ask you what we're going to be watching next week, but I do want to point out to everybody... That Greg just gave the invasion two thousand seven a higher score than he did Babylon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would one thousand percent watch this. Like, you could watch this twice. Two and, and, like, in the time like, yeah, Babylon. two and a half times in the time of Babylon, dude. Fuck Babylon. I I straight up hate that movie. I mean, like, I seriously at a point like I I I don't know if I've ever had this experience where. At one point, I'm like, whoa, is this going to be a five out of five masterpiece? And then an hour later, I am seriously considering walking out of the theater. And I mm-hmm. never walk out of movies because I don't like that. I always see things through to the end. But I was so, like, 
just get up and leave. It is 11.45 p.m., and I should just get the fuck out of here because I can. I know there's way too much of this movie left, you know? Like, <laughs> oh, What boy. are we watching next week? On the Babylon note, one second. <laughs> I recently, recently here in LA, like I, we on on our uh, mutual Discord, we were talking. I was talking to some people, and we were just talking about ticket prices in our respective like time, areas. And I was just talking about how expensive tickets are in LA, and it kind of galvanized me to be like, you know what, fuck it, I am not going to AMC's for the foreseeable future. I'm trying to avoid as much as I can. I'm not going to chain theaters. I'm going to try to hit up old Hollywood theaters in the LA area. So I saw Babylon at an old theater. It's been there for fucking, you know, almost a century. Uh, extremely narrow theater. Kind of a small screen. Right. Positioned weirdly high above the audience. So it's not like the stadium style seating. But uh, honestly, great place to see Babylon. In an old school okay. Hollywood theater that was probably there during the silent age. So yeah, I was primed fun. to like it. And it didn't uh, work for me. Anyway, next week. And the we covered Invasion of the Body Snatchers in the second ever month of our podcast in Assimilation August. For next week, we are going back to the very first month of this podcast to the second ever pick I did for the weekly podcast massacre, where I chose Dick Moss's The Shaft, the brilliant uh, killer elevator movie. I want to talk his his remake, American remake of his own movie called down aka dick moss's uh Down. wait i know uh, dick moss is the shaft there you go i yeah. fucked it up because the original is called the lift yeah that's right the lift don't you love how we we book ended this month with foreign oh, yeah. <laughs> directors who remake their own movie in america every single director is non-american non-north american because fede alvarez is from south america but I, yeah uh, yes that's a very good point point. and we're not going to count the second director on the invasion no 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 well, not credited but... so we're also bookending this month with Naomi watts movies because she is a that's main true character well. in down so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. thank you all for listening please rate review subscribe anywhere you get this podcast uh, we have email at week or email weekly podcast massacre at gmail.com. We have both Twitter and Instagram, both at weekly massacre. Hit us up. Let us know if your husband is not your husband. If you can maybe get us the original cut of this movie or the script, because I'm I really am interested in knowing the differences of, of the cuts. Uh, if you know how to get us expensive champagne or real Russian caviar, hit mm. us up, let us know. Um, until next time though um, so this is what they mean by going nuts <laughs> I can't think of a quote for this movie <laughs> it's oh, so much of it is like I mean honestly like a lot of it has left my brain uh, uh, it ain't from around here there you go thank you yes okay. All right. bye bye everybody bye